Okay, check, check, check. It is Friday, November 5th, and it's time for me to tell Martine everything I know. So I was getting a snack in the kitchen, and then, and then I looked out the window to see if there was, if there was deers, and it, but it, all there was was just a zebra. When I got the call, there was zebras. I was like, no, not in Prince George's County, not zebras. Maybe they're mistaking. It's sort of like a ball of yarn and where you pull at one string and start asking questions and it got bigger. We're zebra hunting. Have you seen the zebras? Have you seen the zebras? I refuse to answer because I don't want to incriminate myself or indicate one way or the other how the zebras got out. The zebra story, it started out as something kind of enchanting and wonderful. Now with this twist, it's turned into something a little darker and more sinister. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> it sounds like cereal but for zebras. Uh, it feels like cereal for zebras. This is incredible. Welcome to hearing all of the many twists in this crazy tale. Should we go ahead and set up the show and say who we are? Yeah, we should do that. Welcome to Post Reports. I'm Martine Powers. Uh, I'm Emma Talkoff. I'm a producer on our show. And today we have a story that is admittedly a little bit of a left turn for us because it's about zebras, um, specifically this group of escaped zebras that have been running around Maryland for the last couple of months. You might have heard about these zebras. They've been covered quite a bit on the news. But I've been told that today we are doing the definitive telling of the zebra saga from beginning to end, how this all started, where we are now. And just to let you know, as of right now, I don't know anything. I've been trying to avoid zebra news for the last couple of months because I knew that you, Emma, were on the case. For like the last six weeks or so, my entire job has been working every day to try to figure out where these zebras are <laughs> and what the status of them is. So how I came to this story was that, and this is basically all I know at this current point, is that at some point, some zebra, zebras, is zebra, I don't know, it's like one of those animals where I'm like, is it the plural? The yeah, you can say a, a dazzle of zebras if you want to. That's That's what they're called in a group. You're kidding. No. <laughs> a dazzle of zebras? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. That's incredible. So I heard that this dazzle of zebras had escaped from someplace in Maryland and that like it was kind of a story. And I was like, oh, I, you know, the zebras are really interesting and maybe we should do a story about the zebras. And I kept bringing it up. Well, I would say get ready because there's a lot more to it to that. But I agree. When this story first started percolating, it was like a nice distraction from everything else serious going on, right? Okay, so let's back up. Can you take me back to how this all started? So initially, in early September, we started hearing that there were these zebras running loose through people's backyards in the suburbs in Upper Marlboro, which is a part of Maryland, just a little outside of D.C. The search is on for missing zebras in Prince George's County. The goal, of course, is to get the zebras back here where they belong, a task that is going to be easier said than done. Searching for stripes uh, for more than a week now. Prince At first we thought there were three of them, and then officials were like, no, there's five. And people were like super excited about it. There's a 10-year-old girl named Layla Curling who saw one of the zebras in her backyard. What'd your mom say when you first went up and told her, hey, mom, there's some zebras in the backyard? You're crazy. <laughs> and what'd you tell her? It, like, uh, well... <laughs> I had to give her proof, so I told her to follow me to the bathroom window. Then, I, then we saw two zebras. 
Because she said it is a freaking zebra. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Like, there was kind of a lot of social media stuff going on, and the zebras almost became these, like, symbols of liberation. They were out there just, like, choosing to stay wild, even though there were all these attempts by the government to catch them. And people started Twitter accounts pretending to be the loose zebras, tweeting about their whereabouts. One kind of weird twist in all of this is that DC's congresswoman, Eleanor Holmes Norton, actually sent out kind of a tongue-in-cheek press release denying responsibility for the loose zebras, but also saying that she sort of supports their cause. I would love it if you could just start by introducing yourself. Just tell me who you are and what you do. Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton, I represent the District of Columbia. You you talk to Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton about zebras? I talked to a sitting member of Congress about the zebra story. Congresswoman Norton did you have anything to do with the zebras who escaped in Maryland at the end of August? <laughs> I refuse to answer uh, 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 because I don't want to incriminate myself or indicate one way or the other how the zebras got out. Can neither confirm nor deny. Yeah, exactly. So it was a little suspicious, but I did finally ask her, like, so what's the deal? Do you have like an alibi? When the zebras got out, I was in the District of Columbia. Now, no one has seen the zebras in the District of Columbia. So I don't know how I could be implicated in their escape. <laughs> that sounds rock solid to me. <laughs> so we can put at least that to rest. Okay, I'm going to assume that she was joking. Can can I ask a question before we before we move on? So so where did the zebra actually come from? Great question. So around that time, I started talking to Data Hedgepath, who is a local reporter at the Post. The zebras actually got out around August 31st from a private property just in the Upper Marlboro area. It's still unclear of how exactly they got out. Wait, so the zebras are from a farm. They're not from a zoo. Yeah, so that's, like, going to be an important part of this story. The zebras are not from a zoo, which means that they don't come from, like, an official breeding program or anything like that that would be, like, very closely regulated and be focused on, you know, animal preservation or the zebra's welfare. The zebras escaped from this farm, which is owned by a man named Jerry Hawley. Why Prince George's County is a good spot for zebras, I'm not sure. He does have a healthy piece of property out there of 80 acres. And neighbors who've passed by, I've talked to people and said, are you sure you've never seen zebras? zebras trotting through the field before, and they're like, no, we would recognize the zebra. He owns this exotic animal farm and has permits to breed zebras and then sell them to places like petting zoos or other private places that have an interest in keeping zebras. Oh, interesting. I didn't even know that you could do that, that you could just, like, yeah. own zebras as a regular person and, like, sell them, like, selling puppies. I didn't either. You do need a permit from the USDA to have these animals. But in Maryland, you can if you have the proper paperwork and you meet certain requirements. And his permit to have them with USDA is current for the Maryland property. At the same time, he's sort of an interesting figure in all of this. The Post has given him many, many opportunities to comment on everything that's going on and have tried to get in touch with him every way you can imagine. And he has refused to do so. Mr. Holly, if you're listening, you know I've been trying to reach you. Really like to talk to you because we'd all like to know, what do you do with these zebras? Um, they're beautiful animals. They're very interesting, but we're all very curious. I think even while other people were like, oh, this is just going to be like a cute 
little story for a couple days. Dana was like, I think there might be more going on here. It seems like a very Dana-like instinct to be like, oh, no, you think it's fun. It's all fun and games and seems like a funny animal got out until somebody gets kicked in the chest and bitten by a zebra. So she was kind of starting to reach out to different officials in the county to try to see if they knew anything about what was going on and what the plan was for these, like, loose, wild animals. Yeah, this is not like a dog catcher going out for a cat or a dog and, you know, leaving some tuna fish out. And... The person that she was talking to the most, who's overseeing this whole recapture operation, is a man named Rodney Taylor. He's the Prince George's County Animal Services Chief. Our normal is pretty much the domestic dog and cat, and then we deal with some wildlife. They get in get in customers' living quarters, squirrels, but but the zebras is a new one. Yeah, it's sort of become part of my daily routine now for about certainly in the last week of calling uh, Chief Rodney Taylor. I, I thought I actually thought it was a, a prank call, to be honest with you, the first time. And I sort of start the call around 9 a.m. with him of saying, Chief Taylor, got zebras? And unfortunately... So the zebras at this time, they're still um, running loose. I talked to him as well. Here's how he described to me the plan for getting the zebras back. He was working with people on the farm where the zebras escaped from to put out feeding stations for them and then lure them back to the farm. Because the zebras have such a... a um, warning mechanism, you know, just they're bred that way that they're very skittish. So Mm -hmm. you can't just change something right away or they would actually stop coming to the feeding station. So as they're adding panels, the goal is to really close it in with just one area where they'll come in to eat and then somebody will stay and just close the gate. So he's describing this plan where they sort of like lure the zebras back to the farm every night with some food and then they slowly build a fence around them one panel at a time so that they don't realize what's going on and get freaked out. (laughs) I love that. They have to like sneak up on them over the course of days and days and hope that they don't notice. Yeah, because they're wild animals, right? Like they look like horses, but they're not horses. They're not domesticated at all. They have like an intense flight or fright response. So anyway, Chief Taylor told me about this plan for slowly enclosing the zebras. He seemed really confident about it. So now that they're starting to kind of build this fence around them, what's the timeline for when when you think they might be fully contained? Wow, that that is a uh, a great question because I want to know that myself. So <laughs> we, we're hoping that because um, they're about halfway building their corral around them, Mm -hmm. um, that um, this time next week, I'm really hoping that that will, this project will be completed. Can I ask when, when was that, when was that conversation? How long ago? Yeah, that was six weeks ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. (laughs) Well, (laughs) I guess the plan did not go according to plan. No, it certainly didn't. It's actually been long enough that I called a zebra expert in California named Nancy Nunky about whether this timeline is normal. Uh, have they been trying to catch them for six weeks? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there's, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Um, I would have had them caught up, I think, really pretty quickly. But, you know, if people don't understand the animal, then and they're trying to catch them up like you would try to catch up horses, uh, then I can see why it's not, whatever they're doing is mm. not working. Oh, interesting. First of all, I love her attitude of like, mm, it definitely wouldn't take me that long. I know. She was like, let me know if they need help. I can probably help them solve this in a matter of hours. 
Um, zebras are actually pretty hard to catch. Like, it's very hard to, for example, tranquilize them because they are extremely powerful. And sometimes they will run through the tranquilizer and just get a jolt of adrenaline Whoa. and be even kind of more worked up than before. Whoa. Yeah. Um, or it can be easy to, like, give them too much tranquilizer, which can really, like, hurt oh, them or yeah. kill them. So, you know, it's not super easy. At the same time, I think it's, like, pretty obvious that there's something messed up going on. So eventually enough time had kind of gone by that I was like, I would like to try to see these zebras for myself. Hmm. So I did that with another post collie. We'll be right back. So we are going on a zebra safari in the suburbs of Washington, D.C. <laughs> because there are zebras there. Nice. Still, <laughs> somehow, after all this time. Still, six weeks later, there are zebras on the loose. I know that voice. <laughs> That's Mara Jedkis. She worked for the style section. Yeah, so Mara and I met up with a woman named Sylvia. Oh, my God. Where they saw them was right at the road. And this is oh, the wow. railroad tracks there. Who lives nearby and has been personally very invested in this whole zebra saga. Have you been just like driving up here every day hoping to see them? Not every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I go to the supermarket right across the street okay. from the CVS. That's the closest supermarket. Um, every time she goes grocery shopping, she kind of drives up and down the road where they've been spotted and tries to see them. Hi, we're zebra hunting. Have you seen the zebras? Have you seen the zebras? Oh, really? So we were thinking, if we just go to the places where we know that they've been, you know, maybe we'll get lucky. And we actually did see some. You're kidding. <laughs> no, that's not anything far away in the distance. Either. I have binoculars. You want me to look? Oh, yeah. Oh, that might be a zebra. <gasps> what? Oh, can't tell. Here, you want to look? Can you tell? Oh, it's definitely a zebra. I see the stripes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love how thrilling this clearly was for you guys. Yeah, Martine, it's so surreal when you're, like, driving around a suburb, you're just seeing people's, like, houses and swing sets and whatever, it's normal. And then, like, in the midst of that, you see this, like, incredibly recognizable animal that's clearly so out of place. Mm -hmm. It was really mm -hmm. exciting. Um, but I have to caveat, so these were not the escape zebras. The escape zebras are actually sort of the tip of the iceberg when it comes to how many zebras there are in that region because Jerry Hawley has close to 40 more zebras on his farm. So the ones oh, that wow. we saw were actually some of the ones that are within his farm have not escaped, but they were, you know, happily running through the fields, which was still exciting to me. Do you know what other kinds of animals he has on his farm? So Dana suspected that there might be more going on here than just the zebras and the few zebras that escaped. And it turns out that Jerry Holly has had kind of a lot of different animals over the years, both here and he had another exotic farm in Florida. Looking back at some records, both federal and county records, we found that he has bison, kangaroos, camels, a bobcat, monkeys. But of course, he wouldn't talk to Dana. So she started digging into all this paperwork about him from the U.S. Department of Agriculture to try to get answers. USDA does do inspections of animal facilities. And there's been a treasure trove of paperwork on Mr. Holly and the inspections 
um, going back to 2003, I've looked at documents, pages and pages, and the reports vary. Sometimes he has what I call decent reports. Other times, the inspector will say no one who's responsible for the animals is available to conduct the inspections. And then other times there have been like not so great reports. Hmm. So in the USDA paperwork, she started reading about some really troubling details, findings by inspectors that other animals have at times had problems in his care. Hmm. For example, she told me about monkeys that he had kept that had overgroomed each other, which is when they're like really stressed and they start picking at each other so much that it starts pulling their hair out. Oh, my gosh. Unclean cages at times for various animals, feces, some zebras in a field with no water and a trough concerns about the space for some animals. A giraffe that he had kept that didn't have a tall enough enclosure, which is kind of just wild to think about. Mm -hmm. Um, Really all sorts of stuff going back over many years. And he had, in fact, been charged in the past and paid some like fines and things like that. So there's certainly some what I would describe as red flags or questions raised. And the inspectors were always clear in the sign off of the report that, you know, we are assured that follow-ups will be done, the animals will be properly cared for. It's not clear that they ever closed the loop and deemed it, quote, okay and cleared. A couple cases they did, a couple instances, but it's a lot of inconsistency in the reports. Oh, wow. Yeah, so Dana had the sense also that there was probably more than just what was publicly available. She actually filed a Freedom of Information Act with the U.S. Department of Agriculture (laughs) to try to get more information. I'm hoping that paperwork lays out a more roadmap for me of what's the history of this farm and of Mr. Holly? When did these zebras come? Obviously, they were, I don't know, imported from somewhere. They were bred. How did the herd get so big? Who's there? What animals are on the property and how are they being cared for and are they being checked on? So, as usual, that FOIA is sort of slowly grinding through the bureaucratic years. I I would have loved to be the FOIA officer who received that request that was like, the Washington Post has an urgent need to obtain all of your documents related to these zebras. I know. um, Not the kind of FOIAs that we usually file from this news organization. So at that point, we were like, okay, great. Dana has a FOIA out. We're going to get to the bottom of this and figure out more But I would say that things have actually gone off the rails since then in ways that Dana nor I predicted. Wait, so what happens? So the first thing is that the day that Mara and I went out on our zebra safari, we were kind of already hearing rumors that something bad might have happened. There was a rumor that one of them had been shot. And then there was another rumor that one had been caught in a fence and died. And so... Uh, you know, I, I sent an inquiry to the public information officer with Prince George's County and got this kind of vague response. And it said, the county cannot confirm those details. And at this time, we are currently not providing any further updates. When we have new and updated information to release, we will be sure to present it to the media. Um, and so, you know, when when I read this kind of vague email, it's sort of like, <laughs> raised my hackles a little bit because I was like, huh, that kind of sounds mm-hmm. like PR speak for like, we sent the zebras off to live on a nice farm <laughs> upstate. And so we got a response from the county mm. telling us actually that one of the zebras had been found dead on September 16th, oh almost a month ago, basically, in a snare trap, which is illegal to operate <gasps> in the state of Maryland, on land that was owned by the Girl Scouts. What? 
Oh my god. The plot thickens. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm really sad about the zebras, and I don't mean to laugh about their death, and it's not funny, but I do think <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> this all happened on Girl Scout property, and I'm imagining these like little Daisy Scouts running around, like trapping a zebra with illegal traps. I know. The whole thing just gets more and more weird. So obviously the Girl Scouts very quickly were like, this was not us who did this. Someone stuck onto our land. I will say as a former Girl Scout, I believe them. It's definitely not within the Girl Scout, you know, philosophy or code to be setting illegal snare traps and killing zebras. But it was a super weird revelation. So Mara and I were having this conversation on Friday, October 15th. So the zebra was found in the snare trap a month earlier, and officials that whole mm. time had been saying, no, the zebras are on the loose, they're still fine. Wait, so do, so they, so officials knew that the zebra was dead at the time? Uh, for at least a couple of weeks, yeah. It's, it's a zebra cover-up, is what this boils <laughs> down to. Yeah, so certain people did know about the dead zebra, but it's actually pretty complicated. So the dead zebra was first reported to the Department of Natural Resources on September 16th. And the DNR is a separate entity from Prince George's County. County officials told us that the DNR didn't pass along that information to them until September 28th. But even if the county didn't know the whole time, that's still like two weeks that the county knew there was this dead zebra and didn't tell anyone. As of our zebra safari, one of them had already been found dead and the death had been investigated by the Department of Natural Resources. So the county was very aware that there, you know, were not the same amount of zebras that people thought that there were. The county says that they didn't say anything because they thought it was up to the DNR since the DNR was already investigating that illegal snare trap. For its part, DNR has said that the county is the lead agency and has deferred responsibility to them. Also, for recent weeks, county officials have been saying that five zebras escaped from the farm. That was the number that we'd been hearing for a long time, and everyone was, like, set on that, going with that number. At this point, they revealed, no, it's actually only been three this whole time. We don't know why the county continued to say that there were five zebras on the loose, uh, and when they figured out that there were only, in fact, three. What? Yeah, so since Murray talked to them, the county had told us that they had estimated five zebras based on two separate sightings of the zebras. Like, one person had reported seeing three zebras, and later a different person reported seeing two. So they thought that there were five total, but it turns out that that was all the same dazzle of zebras. Although, yeah, one had, you know, died. So basically, like, if I'm doing the math right, we started at five, two zebra don't exist, yeah. one died. So now we're really just at two zebra that are running around. That's exactly right. And they're still on the loose. I'm trying to call, I'm going to try to call Rodney Taylor, the Prince George's County Animal Services Chief. Here, we Chief Taylor with Prince George's County Animal Services Division. So around the time I made that call, there was actually an even bigger development with the farm owner, Jerry Hawley. Oh no, what happens? Rodney Taylor had submitted paperwork through a court commissioner charging him with three counts of animal cruelty. This is the guy who owns a farm? Yeah, exactly. And they cited some specific accusations. Based on the condition of the zebras, things like not given proper shelter, um, not properly fed, not properly cared for. Whoa. So that will play out in the court system. So that will probably shed some light going forward on what's happened at his farm and the sort of why and what's going on there, questions that we and many others have. Wait, so this has all escalated to criminal prosecution? Yes, absolutely. 
So the documents were filed a couple weeks ago in Prince George's County, and they accused Jerry Hawley, the owner of the zebra farm, with inflicting, quote, unnecessary suffering or pain on a zebra. And they say that he didn't provide them with things like food and shelter that they needed. And you're probably thinking that that's the end of this story, but it's not. It actually gets, I would say, even more dramatic. Oh, no. Last night, sort of late in the evening, Mara sent me one of the most incredible Slack messages I've ever received. She said, quote, (laughs) FYI, one of my neighbor sources tells me there's some kind of raid happening at the farm tonight. A raid? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Sylvia, who we met before, who took us on the tour of the area, actually raced over and she told us, everything that she was saying. This is the clearing where we saw the zebras last week. There's lights out there. This is the entrance to the property. County police is here. The neighbor told me that there were 30 vehicles uh, on site, um, including county police, animal control, and that they had a backhoe and appeared to be possibly digging, possibly for a zebra body. Oh, my God. Sylvia sent us some videos of what was going on, and there's all these cars with flashing lights, and you can see people out in the distance in the pasture where we saw zebras, you know, just a few days ago, and they're shining bright lights and kind of digging and looking around. Because the other thing that we found out was that another zebra had died Not one of the loose zebras, but a zebra that was part of the herd um, had died in its enclosure on the farm. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's so sad. I know. Also, this is like a horror movie. This is like (laughs) some telltale heart stuff. (laughs) Did they find a body? So, unfortunately, we don't know exactly what they found. I've asked early this morning about exactly what they were doing. Unfortunately, when something's under investigation and criminal charges are filed in Maryland, search warrants are sealed. Uh, so we won't be able to find out exactly what they were searching for. You know, they're looking for evidence. There's a dead zebra that was found on the property. The carcass of the zebra that was caught in the snare trap was on a property adjacent to Jerry Holly's. But the county has told me that they gave that carcass back to Jerry Holly. What did Jerry Holly do with it? I have no idea. So we might not know exactly what they found for a while, which is unfortunate, but we also know that the USDA has told us that they're now taking another look at Holly's case. Oh my gosh. We're going to have to see how this plays out in court and if we get sort of more specifics than that. Dana told me that a lot of the advocates she's talked to have said there probably won't be a super, you know, intense consequences for this for Jerry Holly. Animal rescue and advocates say that often these crimes are not prosecuted this hard or people make a plea deal, they pay some fines, they might serve one or two days in jail, but it's not like a life term here. So as for what Jerry Hawley has to say, after these latest developments, we were actually finally able to get a comment from his lawyers. And they said Mr. Hawley, quote, absolutely denies the charges that have been lodged against him. And he looks forward to setting the record straight and having the truth come out at the trial. So that brings me to sort of like where we are and like the resolution that we're at, if any. Yeah. Well, so my first question, just to make sure we're clear. So there are still, in theory, two zebra on the loose. Yeah. Amazingly, there's still, as far as we know, two zebras running around right now, and we don't really know where they are. We also don't really know what's going to happen to all the zebras that live on Jerry Holly's farm, if they're eventually going to be moved somewhere else. You know, Dana's still kind of waiting to get back 
full documents from the USDA. So hopefully these documents will reveal, you know, how far back these concerns go and what exactly they are. And we'll hopefully find out whether the reason that Jerry Hawley is being charged now is just because this case got so much attention from the press and from people, you know, following the stories of the zebras. And that's why he's now being charged. Also, the story is partly about how hard it's been for her and the other reporters working on this to just get a straight story from all of the officials who are involved. You know, first they said that there were five zebras, then it turned out to only be three zebras. First they said the zebras went missing on August 31st. We recently found out it was actually August 26th. What the heck? Like every date, every fact I've been told from this in the beginning has kind of fallen apart. Yeah. It's troubling in a way because as my daughter says, you know, we're in the truth slaying business. You know, we really pride ourselves on the truth, finding out the truth, figuring out the truth, and you trust people and depend on them to tell you the truth. And so it's it's sort of crushing in a way. That's something wrong with the system right there. Wait, 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 wait. What happened to the other two zebras that are still left over, that are still running around? Like... Are people still trying to catch them? Yeah, great question. They're still out there and no one's been able to catch them yet. A couple of weeks ago, the Prince George's County Department of Environment said in a press release that they were trying a new strategy. In addition to food, they're now using two other zebras in a corral to try to lure the loose zebras <laughs> back to their corral. So <laughs> uh, it never ends. Never ends. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. So far, it hasn't worked. <laughs> What do you hope will happen to these two zebras? I hope that now that people are paying a lot of attention to this and now that, you know, Jerry Holly has been charged with animal cruelty, that some zebra experts, maybe from around the country, will step in and make sure that these zebras get to a safe spot and have a really happy life that's a lot less eventful than it has been so far. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm team let them be free forever and they can just sort of fade into the wilderness and years and years from now, small children at Girl Scout camp <laughs> <laughs> will look through the trees and see some black and white stripes in the, in the distance and say, is that a zebra? And their parents will be like, no, it couldn't be. <laughs> and it will be. Exactly, a legend. You know, some say they're out there still. Still. Just a dazzle of zebras running through the suburbs. (laughs) It can't be real. (laughs) The reporters you heard in this episode were Dana Hedgepeth and Maura Judkis. Reporter Katie Mettler was also crucial in investigating and fact-checking the story, so thank you so much to her. This piece was produced by Emma Talkoff, who also contributed reporting. It was edited and scored by Ted Muldoon. That's it for Post Reports. Thanks for listening. Our executive producer is Maggie Penman. Our supervising senior producer is Rena Flores. Our editors are Alexis Dio and Ted Muldoon, who also composed our theme music. Our producers are Lena Muhammad and Jordan Marie Smith. Ariel Plotnik and Renny Svernovsky are associate producers. Sabi Robinson and Emma Talkoff are assistant producers. The post-director of audio is Renita Jablonski. I'm Martine Powers. We'll be back on Monday with more stories from The Washington Post.